Kia ora, koto everyone. Welcome to Queensland Live Podcast. Holy fucking shit. It's a Wednesday. It is still 2020. Um, I am here. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm laughing. Um, my sister is laughing. Um, I'm here with an amazing woman, American singer, songwriter, musician, performer, performance artist, and a mum to five-year-old. He's five. Yeah, he does. Just Amanda fucking Palmer. Hello. Holy shit balls. Now I ask everyone, every single person who comes on here, how are you? And then how are you? And you can answer that however you want. It's up to you. I am tired. Yeah. I am feeling uh, sort of permanently overwhelmed. I am uh, a little bit scared, yeah. given what's going on in my country. I am lonely yeah. and homesick. And I am, I am filled with constant gratitude that I'm here and not in New York. Yeah. So everything that I want to complain about just goes in a weird, bittersweet container because it could be so much worse because I could be in New York. Um, and I'm, I'm heartbroken. You know, I'm just going through a lot in my life and my heart just feels like it has gotten stomped on in so many departments. And I am just breathing in and out and accepting that it is my job to sort of be on the floor right now. and. Yeah. Um, I am fundamentally totally okay, which I didn't <laughs> used to be. And I chalk it up to a fucking lifetime of practicing Zen yoga and meditation that all these things could happen to me and I could still be fucking fine because yeah. I'm pretty fine. Yeah. Like I own, you know, and, and even within my non-fineness, because I have dealt with some panic attacks and stuff for the first time since being a teenager in the last six months. And even while those are happening, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I just don't lose my shit anymore. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, I'll talk about rage in a little, in a little bit. Yeah! Um, woo! But um, uh, you're in Havelock North, which I went to with an old beau uh, years ago, he took me on some romantic weekend away, and I was like, "Where the fuck are we?" And we ended up staying in this crazy, like Victorian stone cottage. It was random, but my also my friend, my my beautiful friend Victoria's parents are from Havelock North, um, and she's like, "Man, what a place to kind of hole up in." <laughs> it's a very strange place for a person like me. Yeah. Um, random, like totally random. Um, it's not totally, it's, it's very specifically not random. Okay. I wound up, I wound up here because I had one friend in this whole country and she happens to live in Havelock North with her family. Yeah. So it's the opposite of random. I mean, that is quite random, but I also didn't just look at a map of New Zealand and go, <laughs> no, fuck it. <laughs> That place looks good. Uh, no, I, 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 made a, I made a circle around Kaya's house and I looked for an Airbnb close enough to her house during lockdown that I could walk there. Yeah. Yeah. The old Hawks Bay, eh? The old Hawks Bay. Um, now, I, I started this podcast, you know, my mum laughed because my mum's like, 
everyone started a goddamn podcast in lockdown, but I wanted to record the voices of mums around the world and be in lockdown. But then it quickly spread to women around the world and the stuff that was going on for them. And the similarities and the, and the differences are, I found really interesting. One, um, similarities around the rage that lots of us are feeling that that's been simmering around that's been kind of simmering for a while um but but not ever kind of come out there and exploded um and actually giving women the space for themselves the permission for women to feel like that um how how was lockdown for you because also you're you've got a five-year-old right and you're alone um, with your friend. How, how, how did that feel for you? How was lockdown for you? It, it was traumatic. Yeah. It would not have been traumatic if my partner hadn't left, but I, I pretty much the first month of lockdown was just like traumatic enough. And, and I just went into a kind of a bizarre survival triage mode and you know foreign country brand new house stocked the kitchen in one giant supermarket trip <laughs> no community yeah. no no idea just survive in this house with your kid and husband and then and then a month later like not even a husband yeah just a kid and a and a house and, uh, you know, and a pal from Australia who hopped on a plane at the last minute to stand in for our nanny who wanted to go lockdown with her family in New yeah. York. Um, it was very dark. Yeah. It was the darkest I have seen in my adult years. And, and it felt long, right? Looking back now, you kind of go, oh, it was, what, was it like seven or eight weeks where we kind of moved between levels and all that kind of stuff? Um, but I remember I was saying to somebody, the, the day that Jacinda announced lockdown was my birthday. And I, mm. and I sat and watched that press conference and I burst into tears. And the biggest thing I said to my partner was, how the fuck am I going to be in my house with my child for four weeks? Like, yeah. I struggle with being a mom anyway. Um, how old is your child? My child's three. And she walked, well, she's just turned three. And I was like, I mean, she didn't give a shit, right? She was like, this is amazing. I'm in the house with my parents for four weeks. This is incredible. Yeah. But I absolutely freaked out at the thought of having to look after her and work and be an, a sane kind of mom, get the food on the tech, all that stuff. And my biggest thing was my heart dropped and I just was like, how am I going to be in the house and not lose my, my mind? Did you lose your mind? I, my, do you know what? It was really interesting because I said to somebody, I actually, it took me two and a half years to fall in love with my child. Mm. It took me that long. It absolutely yeah. took me that long. And I, about can, three I, can, four, I can relate to that. Yeah, totally. And I never got the, I fell in love with my baby. Babies were boring. I've always been very open and honest about being a mum. And I spoke to lots of other mums throughout this time. And I, and I the, the reason, one, the reason I started to talk to mums online was because I wanted to have 30 minutes away from my family before I threw them out the window. But I also wanted to connect about that thing of what are you doing for yourself in that time that's not about your family? And, and what I found was we separated the day in half where I, I'd in the morning and my partner I'd in the afternoon. Um, 
But I actually connected on a level that I'd not experienced before with her. And I said to somebody, I actually remember sitting there looking at her one day. And, I, and she said to me, stop looking at me, mom. And I was like, absolutely in love with her. Like I fell in love with her. Um, yeah, I have definitely had many more moments like that with my son at four years old than I did when he was a baby. Yep. When it really was just like, I don't, I don't love you. I don't know you. Like, yeah. who, who are you even? You're just this crying red thing. <laughs> and I mean, I fundamentally love you and I theoretically love you and I'll take care of you, but you, you, you know, you, you don't mean anything to me yet. We haven't connected. And I, and I love that you say that because I, I, wondered if that was going to happen having heard the cliche so many times like oh my god just wait until you set eyes on that baby it's going to be the love of your life and I was like well that I mean I definitely had powerful feelings but I didn't look at this creature and like feel my heart explode like I you know I felt a lot of anxiety and a lot of uh tenderness and a lot of exhaustion and a lot of fear but like it wasn't you know, like any other relationship, like love grows yeah, because you learn a person. And, yeah. and in a sense, like that's a more respectful kind of love, isn't it? Like completely, completely. And I said to somebody on, on this podcast, I said, I remember the night I had her and it was about eight o'clock at night and, and they put, you know, they put you to bed and they give you some toast and you have a shower and then you get into bed and you've got this baby and my partner was on the floor on a mattress and all the lights were off. And the biggest overwhelming feeling for me was, what the fuck have you done? Yeah. Like, it was so huge. What have you done? You've, yeah. just, you've just pressed play on something you can't fucking stop. Like you've pressed a bomb and the bomb's going to go off and you can't stop it. And I just felt, and I felt that again at the start of lockdown. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What? What the? What am I going to do? Yeah. And I just I had to schedule my day. So it was like eight thirty, we leave, we go for a walk. Ten o'clock, I do this thing. Ten thirty, I do this thing, and that's just the way that we worked it. And it yeah, and it calmed me slightly in that. Yeah, I became more scheduled, and and even now have become way more scheduled than I ever was. Uh, and it has helped a yeah. lot, and. You know, and it was also one of the things that I was not looking forward to about being a parent because I I had seen so many people head into parenthood and all of a sudden saying things that I'm literally saying to people right now, which is like, oh my God, I've started going to bed at like eight or nine and it's so good because I love the dawn hours and like before the kid wakes up. And I remember being in my 20s and 30s and listening to those people and just going like, oh my God, you sound so fucking boring. I know. And all you seem to care about is like hanging out with your kid. And that just sounds so dull. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry if it sounds judgmental, but like, wow, you used to be interesting. And now you were just this boring fucking parent who is fascinated by your kid's sticky face. And like, oh, that's I totally you, but oh my God, I don't want to join you there. I know. I know. And I think and now I'm totally there and loving it. And totally I'm like, oh, I was in bed. At, I'm in bed at 830 and loving it. I'm like, yes. 
I'm in there, it's done, the day is done. Um, But what I've loved about your stuff, and lots of people have commented on how, one, how um, open and honest about all the emotions that you're feeling right now, right? And that thing of, you know, I'm the same looking into, I've got like my face pressed up against the UK window, right? And And I'm going, the fuck is going on there? And feeling so privileged to be in this country and to be surrounded by just just like good voices and direction, at, at least clearness, right? There's a sense of clearness. This is what's going to happen now and this is what's going to happen next. And then I look yeah. into where I come from um, and the the rage I've started to feel about my home, my pl- place of birth is yeah. so huge at the minute. I am there with you. And, so and as someone who... Uh, also has spent a lot of time in the UK, especially, you know, in the run-up to coming down here, I was in the UK for four months. Like you couldn't give me all the money in the world to go back to the UK or the States right now. I really am just like, no. Yeah. Sorry, you guys. (laughs) But it's brought up all this stuff, right? Because I really, I know one living in this country and learning about the history of this country and the trauma of this country and the shame around where I come from and wanting to learn about that um, and, uh, you know, acknowledge where I come from has started me on this path of it's over there and it's dirty and it's horrible, but I really need to go into it. But can I, am I ready for that? Yeah. Um, and it's like teetering on the edge. And yet there's the whole, uh, and there's the whole shit that's going on at the minute and the unclearness that comes from my parents. Like they're like, fuck is happening. We don't know what's happening. We don't know when yeah. we'll ever see you again. Yeah, I mean, I am, I am coping with a lot of suffering in my own family. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard and it's huge. What, what's making you laugh at the minute? well obviously or maybe not obviously ash all day (laughs) you woke me up last night uh he almost never wakes up at night anymore he started sleeping through the night about a year ago but sometimes uh especially if he doesn't start off sleeping with me but sleeps in his own little bedroom he'll like toddle in at, at three in the morning and he toddled in at three in the morning last night and um, he was so sweet. Like I love, sometimes he's a little whiny in the middle of the night, but sometimes he's just like a sweet ball of sweetness. And he was like, mama, I need a snack. And I was like, okay, I'll make you a snack. So I went to like shuffled into the kitchen, made him a peanut butter sandwich, got him an apple juice, went back to bed. He sat up and he ate, it was like, you know, again, it was a pitch blackout and three in the morning. And he just sort of sat there in the dark, slowly eating this sandwich with one hand without a word. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get back to sleep while he's eating. So I'm just going to sort of sit here and ogle at him and stare at him. And like after 10 minutes of silently eating his sandwich, he he turns to me and in that same sweet little voice, he says, mama, what, what's, what's the, ball under my penis (laughs) and I and I was like oh yeah that's that's your testicle and you know what you've got you have two of them and you know what they're called you know what they're called and he says what is it they're called 
balls. <laughs> and we had a good laugh. And then he finished his sandwich and he just looked at me and he went, thank you. And he fell asleep. And I was just like, I, I fucking love him so much. Is that's that- why... That's why I love them. It's like a superpower, though. They have a fucking superpower in that they they bring you, you go in bills and tax and America and Trump and duh, 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 duh. No, none they, of it exists. And then they none say something and you just go, holy fucking shit. What, like, oh. this, is the, this is life. They, this is life. My, my three-year-old the other day said, got a really sore puku. And I was like, what's going on? She goes, I've eaten too much food, but mom... I just love food. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah. You discovered it all at once. Well, also, the real world is and isn't out there. And two nights ago, Ash drifted off to sleep in that twilight zone of dreamland going, Mama, I hate COVID. <laughs> I hate COVID, Mama. I hate-. And I was like, that's dark. Yeah. And it's true, COVID, he doesn't really know what it is, but he know it's he knows that it's what's keeping yep. data away from him. Totally. Totally. So he hates it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. 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 The thing that's keeping his dad away. Totally. My um my friend's a scientist, she's a lecturer in Auckland and she um she talked about, you know, they were explaining to her three year old and six year old COVID and what it is and being very, you know, pragmatic. And the little one was like, and she said, Oh, I've got to go to the supermarket this afternoon. And the little girl was like, Is COVID gonna be there? And she's like, oh. Maybe. And she's like, and and she's she said, Well, describe it. And she said, Oh, it's like this white beast that like hides behind the shelves and like looks out and oh, she's God. like, Oh my god, <laughs> man. I'll be on my guard, totally on it. So I love that. I totally love that. Um, now you've got your podcast, The Art of Asking Everything. And I listened to Lenny Henry this morning and he made me cry because I remember Lenny Henry from being, I mean, I'm, I was, I'm a 79 baby. And I, he, was, he was filled in my childhood. He was there. He was everywhere in my childhood. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I also love the um, Elizabeth Lesser um, episode but the thing that struck me, and I was driving my car and I was listening to it, the quote that she said about um, how women are the storytellers, the human story changes. Now, about a couple of months ago, I, my friend Katarina, who is from, um, she's from Atlanta, but she's currently in Wellington. She said to me a quote about um, our stories as women are beautiful and powerful. And the two, those two quotes just went... <laughs> And I, and I, I just, I love, I love when women interview other women, whether they agree with what they're talking about or not, just the absolute power of telling those stories mm. and giving space for those voices. I just think it's so, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Um, and, and I love the fact that you've just gone, I'm going to allow for the, this to, to be out there. Did you pick now as the time it was going to do that? Or were you like, this is going to be something I'm going to do? The podcast? Yeah. The podcast was supposed to start coming out a year ago. And, you know, the first interviews uh, that I did were 18 months ago. And the release got pushed again and again and again because I was a little bit busy on tour. So we pushed it three months 
And then I was, you know, the team was a little bit busy. So we pushed it a couple months and then, uh, you know, I had a giant public controversy. So we decided to push it a couple months and then I got to Australia and we were going to put it out, but the bushfires happened. So we pushed it a couple months and then COVID happened. So we pushed it a couple months and then I was exhausted and single momming. So we put, and all told, we pushed it 12 months and it was the, my team was the laughing stock of itself because we couldn't believe that this podcast, which was ready a year ago, yep. really just kept getting pushed. But I'm glad we waited yeah. um, because one of the great things about my podcast is it's patron funded, yep. which means that it actually really does pay me a living. And what my team and I need right now more than anything is a breather. Um, and since the podcast, now that it's really built and produced and ready to deliver, can kind of run itself for a while, I'm going to use it as an excuse to give my team a break and me a break because yeah. I am fucking toasted right now. Like Toast. I am an obliterated woman. Toast. Yeah, totally. So I won't keep you much longer so you can go and lie on the floor. Um, my one question, um, if you, um, my, my sister Sarah, who would love a hello, because she'll literally, her head will literally explode. That's not good. I don't want her head to literally explode. Um, you, you've been through lots of times for her over the years. But her question to you was, Leeds United, question yeah. mark. What's the question? Well, why Leeds United? So she's uh, living Leeds, and she's like, yeah. "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, well, there's a yeah, there's a story behind that song. So I was uh, dating Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs mm -hmm. for two seconds. Yeah, and uh, and he gave me a Leeds United jersey which was so sweet and so sentimental and so like funny and ironic because I'm me, right? And I give no shits about football or soccer or whatever we want to call it. Um, and then I proceeded to like wear it to a show the next night and like immediately lost it, <laughs> which I thought was poetic. And my way, of, my way of fixing all of that was writing a song about it, basically. Beautiful. She will be very happy that um, yeah. you answered her question. Um, now, the last thing we do... Amanda Palmer is a quick fire round. Are you ready? I'm so ready. He's so ready. Uh, do you wear a watch? No. The Only when I went on stage occasionally. The amount of you don't. Uh, what do you do well? Talk. Hot bath or hot shower? Both. Nice. Vegemite or Marmite? Neither. Fuck both of them up the ass. We are I never going to be friends. Them. Ever. I hate them. I wrote a whole song about how much I hate Vegemite. That's how much I hate it. Uh, favorite place to sit? Ooh. In a, well, now that you've got me thinking about hot baths, my favorite place to sit is in an incredibly hot wooden hot tub. Oh, man. I want to be in a like hot scalding, tub. scalding. You can barely touch it. Oh, so good. Um, one thing you've tried and will never do again. Mm. Oh, I have to be really careful what I say there. <laughs> um, Vegemite. <laughs> let me give that one some thought. One thing I've tried and will never try again. 
Crystal meth. I did do it once. I snorted meth once in my 20s and I really hated it. Good answer. Yeah. I never did, never did acid because I realized it would be something I couldn't run away from. Oh, I, I would recommend the psychedelics <laughs> way over the meth. Oh, my God. Uh, one concert you'll never forget. Mm. Either your own or someone else's. Oh, um, the Cures Disintegration Tour. Oh, so good. So Susie Wiles, you know Susie? Pink hair. The, the microbi- microbiologist who's been in charge of all of COVID, she's got massive pink hair. We talked about the cure and everyone thought she was talking about the cure. The cure. Maybe <laughs> she was. Maybe. Dude, that's some deep oh. state shit, man. Holy that could be true. Robert Smith has the cure. That's what it was all about. That's why he named the band the cure. You've got to see my air quotes around oh everyone. Oh my God, else. it's going, it's going on, it's going on. Uh, and something you want to learn. Mm, I'd love to learn to actually play the piano for real. I had lessons and hated it and, and gave yeah. up and wish. Okay. Wish um, and uh, Amanda Palmer, what are you going to go and do right now? Uh, I am going, when I hang up on this interview, I am going to go online with the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles and make sure that I don't lose my license <laughs> because I got a, I got a speeding ticket five years ago that they're oh. chasing me for. What? Oh my God. Oh, Literally I'm... five years ago. We have decided that it's because they're so bored during COVID Jesus. and they have so that little to do crazy. with their... um, you've got So you've got residency. Can you vote? No. <gasps> Darn it. Oh, well. But I can stay. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, Amanda Palmer, thank you so, so much. Um, you're an amazing, epic woman. Um, and I'm really, really grateful that you spent some time with me today. Thank you. Um, and thank you for uh, listening to the podcast. That actually really means a lot to me. No, and I think it's, there's uh, some episodes coming up that you will deeply dig. Don't miss, it's not going to be for a couple of months, but don't miss the Storm Large one. You will fall in love with her. And just from talking to you, I know that you will you will love it. And I also, I talked to Nadia from Pussy Riot a couple days oh, ago. Oh yeah, I saw that advertised. I'm going to that, listen. That's going to be really good too. Yeah. There's oh a couple God. good ones. So good. Um, go forth. If you're having Queenstown, I'm here. There's tea, there's hugs. You're not alone. Remember that. You are uh, not alone. Well, if I stay here long enough, I will probably do a full tour, including yeah. Queenstown. So you don't say that. alone ever. Show up for tea and hugs because yeah. you know me. It's happening. It's totally happening. Go forth. You're amazing. All right. And um, say hi to Sarah. <gasps> She'll lose her mind. Say hi to Sarah. <laughs> tell her I love her. Ah, uh, I will tell her. I will tell her all right. and all her piercings. Um, chat to Bye. you soon. Bye.